We're holding the story of Gideon, Shaftin Perak Vav. And Hashem had just told Gideon, Neich, Bakoich, Chazeh, Vaishat, Yisrael. Hashem appoints Gideon to be the one to save Klai Yisrael from Midian. And we're holding in Perak Vav, Pasuk Tesvav. And we're seeing Gideon's response. What you're going to see is Gideon wasn't quick to take the responsibility. With what will I save Klai Yisrael? Why? Out of Shevet Menashe, my family is the smallest of Shevet Menashe. And and out of even my family, I'm the youngest. Why so is that relevant? So what he understood was, is that somebody who's naturally a leader is somebody who people look up to. Either they're more respected or they're older, they're more experienced. And therefore you get on being young and being, from the, so to speak, the smallest chalik of the shavit, wouldn't naturally command authority, wouldn't naturally have people listening to him. Hashem's response to him, Bayamir of Hashem, ki ay imach, I'll be with you. Vikisa is midyan keishachot. Not only that, it'll be victorious, but Vikisa is midyan keishachot, which means you'll destroy all of them to the man. And why has that an answer to the question? So we're going to see later on here in the story of Gideon an interesting thing. When Gideon does manage to raise an army, Hashem basically tells him, your army is too big. Your army is too big, send part of them home. And he does it again until he's left with just the last few hundred people. And why was that necessary? Why was that what Hashem wanted? So like the Pasuk explains later on, the more significant the army that Gideon will have, the less the victory will appear like, will appear like a nest. Because even though they will still be outnumbered, but you know, it's possible, a ratio of 10 to 1, maybe everyone could win. If it would be a ratio of 100 to 1 or 1,000 to 1, however much it gets, so it makes the nest that much bigger. And therefore, Hashem didn't want it to be too strong, so to speak, a force on the Jewish side, because it would minimize the koyach of the nest. And therefore, when Gideon says to Hashem, then I don't deserve to be the leader because I'm the smallest, I'm the youngest, and Hashem says to him, that's exactly the point. Hashem doesn't want somebody who's going to be able to uh, command a, a large amount of people because then they're going to attribute the victory to themselves. And uh, it's tough for somebody who isn't able to do that. Hashem says, Ki I'll be with you. That'll be the Hatzlach. That's what's expected from Gideon. The knowledge that he's relying on Hashem to be with him as opposed to uh, the, the strength of the soldiers he manages to put together. Now the next passage is very, very strange. So having now been guaranteed by Hashem that he'd be successful, and Hashem will be with him, so Gideon says to him, If I found favor in your eyes, make a sign for me that you've spoken to me. So what's the sign going to be? Please don't leave until I come to you. 
I'll bring out a mincha, the carbon, v'nachti lefanecha. I'm going to bring it in front of you. So who's the girl I'm addressing? It says, so it says, I'll remain here until you come back. This seems to be addressing the Malach. At the beginning of the conversation, there was a Malach who was waiting under the tree. Let's look back a few for a second to the Pasuk we saw before. Pasuk Yedadav. The Malach came and remained under the tree of Giron's father, Yaya. And in the beginning, the Malach addresses him. And he says, Hashem And then he saw, in the middle of the conversation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu talks to him instead and instructs him to say, Kla Yisrael, and Hashem shall be with you. And now, when he's saying, please wait until I bring you the carbon, is Mashma, he's referring back to the Malach, because the Malach's response is, I'm going to remain here until you return. So the first thing I have to explain is what, what happened. Why is Kiran going back to addressing the Malach? What happens next is even more surprising. The Gidon Ba, so Gidon comes, Vayas Gedi Izim. He had made, Gedi Izim is a goat, a young goat, the Eifas Kemach Matzis. And an Eifa, which is a measure of flour, of matzah flour, remember it was Pesach, so he had matzah flour. And what did he do with it? Habasar Sam Basal, the meat from the goat he put into a sal as a basket, the Hamarok Sam Baparu. A parur is like a bowl or a pot, so the, the marak, which is the, the juice, literally the soup, or the gravy which comes from this meat, he put into the pot. He brought it to him, which means the marach, who was under the eila, which under the, who was weighing under the tree. It was like he, he brought it as a carbon. He burnt it. No, he didn't bring it. He brought it to the marach as a carbon. And this is something which is very surprising for a number of reasons. Firstly, there's no such carbon. The carbon is always to bring the animal, to shech the animal, and to bring the blood as a carbon, or to sacrifice the meat in the zech. We never ever find the carbon that you cook the carbon first, then you bring the cooked animal to Hashem. It was cooked. And it says clearly, he put the marak, which was the soup, the gravy, which came from cooking it, he put it into a separate pot. But it's something you also never find. There's no idea of bringing marak, is bringing a soup or a liquid as a carbon. And also, what is the idea of bringing it in front of the Malach? So look what the Malach tells him. The Malach says to him, Take the meat in the matzah and put it on the rock, which means that meant a rock can be used as a mizbeach. Pour the soup out. That's what he did. And then once he had put the meat and the matzah, on the rock, which would be like Mizbeach, Vayishlach Malach Hashem is Ksayah Mishanus Hashem Biyadai. The Malach Hashem reaches out, he's holding a Mishanus as a stick, so he reaches out the end of the stick, Vayigavah Basav Amatzos, and he touches the meat and the matzah which was on the rock, and what happens? Vatala Eishminatsur, and it causes the fire to come up from the rock, Vatayichlas Abasav Amatzos, and the fire consumes the boss and the matzahs, and the malach disappears. So now Gideon realizes was a malach. It's interesting what he think was before. But now Gideon says, the Pasuk says, And now Gideon realizes was a malach. You could cause the carbonus to go up and fire and then he disappears, which a person couldn't do. 
And Gideon says, now he's addressing Hashem, Aho, Hashem Elohim. Aho is the lashon of what's going to happen to me. Hashem Elohim, ki al-kainu isi malach Hashem panim upanim. What's going to happen to me? Because I, not, I, I spoke to a malach, I saw a malach. And here also you have to understand, what is he worried about? What's so bad about seeing a malach that he was so threatened? Anyway, by And his explanation there as well. We find by Manayach, Manayach was the father of Shemshan, that when he saw the Malach, also at the beginning he didn't realize it was a Malach. And when he did realize it was a Malach, he told his wife, We're going to die because we saw a Malach. So you see in both cases the idea that the person had seen a Malach, they equated with the fact that we're going to die. And the question obviously is why, was that, why would that be the case? So we'll explain in a moment, just to see what, how the story ends. So now, having, now again, you're addressing Hashem, and say, what's going to happen to me? I saw a malach. Hashem says, don't worry. Altira, don't be afraid. Lo Thomas, you're not going to die. So now, because Hashem told him, Shalem so he says, they called him Mizbech, that Hashem gave me shalom. Hashem wished me away, told me I'll be well. And other year, Mizar, then the Ba'afras of Yazir. Until the time Benach was written, this Mizbech which Gideon built was still in the portion of his father, besides Avi Yazri, which was in the, the Nakhla of Benashim. So now we said this is a very strange story, it's not an explanation. What was the idea of having been promised that he'd success, successfully saved Kla Yisrael? Why was he asking the Malach? We didn't even know it was a malach at this stage, like we see from later on, to, to, to receive a carbon. Is it Bishwar a carbon? Sorry? Was it Bishwar a carbon? Oh, so we're going to see. And it's also strange because, like we said, there isn't such a carbon. If you're going to go one stage further, the idea is that what, you didn't even have a Mizbech. And only later on, after Kaddish Baruch Hu promises him Shalom Lecha that, you, that you know, nothing's going to happen to you you'll be protected then it says he built him his back so what was happening at the beginning so the, the question is what, to explain the word which Gidon originally told the Malach originally told the messenger who like we just saw from the end of the story he didn't yet know he didn't yet know was the Malach obviously the Malach appeared to him in the form of a person and that's why it's only at the end when he did something miraculous that he didn't understand we're talking about a malach. And that's the case. The question obviously is, is when Hashem spoke to him in the middle of the conversation and HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him that he'll be with him and he'll destroy Midian, so then why does, so Gideon's already had a Nebuah. And we saw from the portion that because he stood up for Klai Yisrael, he was able to, be, to, to hear Hashem speak. And that's the case. Why does he need, now to, need to now go back and Address the Malach. Where do we find that he actually had a Nebuah? It says, it says in Pasuk, Hashem turned to him and he said to him, And he told him, Hashem talking to him, the Malach is speaking to him. So once Hashem is speaking to him, then he responds to Hashem. In Pasuk Tezvav, Ve'emel of Bi Hashem. And again, positive design by Yemel of Hashem. So it's a discussion, it's a, it's a, it's a speaking to Hashem. And then in positive design, sorry, in positive design, so 
it doesn't say who you're speaking to. But Yom love doesn't say who. But if you look in the continuation of the pasuk, and he says, please don't leave here until I bring you the mincha, I'll put it in front of you. And then the response, I'll stay here until you come back. He's talking about the Malach again. Right? He, he never, Hashem wasn't here to say, I'm going to stay here until you return. He was saying, please remain here until I bring you the mincha. So he's talking to the person. In his mind, it was coincidental that the Malach came at the same time that, he was there, that the person came at the same time. So you have to explain what was happening. What, what, what is Gideon what is thinking? Can we explain why there was a Malach and a Nebuah at the same time? Yes, he's going to ask them. Well, Gideon was Zeicher, even though he wasn't in the level of a Nebuah, he was Zeicher to get Nebuah. So the simple understanding is, that what he told the person or the Malach, he meant I'm going to bring you an offering. In other words, uh, he wanted to bring him food. But if that's the case, what's the ice? He asked before, make a sign for me that you're going to speak to me. We don't see any sign. What was the ice he was referring to? And he asked, uh, like, he wants a nice to happen. That uh, to prove that this has been in the book. Why did he ask for that? So there's two ways in the Farshim to explain. The one in the Farshim to explain is he's talking to the Malach. He's talking to the Malach and he's saying to him that he wants the Malach to do an ois that something to show that this was a that the Malach was coming b'shlichus Hashem. And with the, like the Matsudas explains it over here, the idea of the ois was going to be that he will do something of a nice with the mincha that he brings to him. In other words, he wasn't saying, but says this minchasi, just as uh, offering for you to eat. He said, I'm going to bring it to you in order to, to do something of a nice with. The, the Matsudas explains it. Make the ois with the mincha I'm going to bring you. So the Malach agreed. And then, if that's the case, when, when Gideon brought it and the Malach touches it and makes it go up in fire, that was the ice that Gideon asked for. Now his question is, for if, if Gideon knew it was the Malach, why was he asking for ice? And if Gideon didn't know it was the Malach, so why was he surprised later on that he can do a nice and then he decided it's the Malach? And the answer is, if this is the way to explain the Pasuk, we'll see another way to explain the Pasuk also, but the answer is very straightforward. And that is, this is the din of a Navi. If, if someone comes to give Nava and we don't recognize him, we don't know who he is, and therefore, we don't know if it's a nervous emis or not a nervous emis. It's like the Prophet says, If we haven't checked the credentials of the Navi, and we haven't got any Messiah that he's a real Navi, someone comes, even let's say any time in history, even today, and would say, I'm a Leo Navi. How are we meant to know that? What proof do we have that he's a Navi? So the Torah really lays out to us what the proof has to be. The proof has to be that he does the ois, he does something which tells us the future, or something which is clearly a nice. And you can say, B'Shem Hashem, this is what's going to happen. That's what happens. That, that's the rhyme that he's a Novi Emes. So that's a way to explain. So Gideon thinking that the person, or at least what he saw under the tree was a person. So he says, he says to, the, to the first, even though he wasn't sure if he was on the level of the verb, we'll see why in a moment. But what, the, what the, he had been told was that Hashem is going to be with you. So he said, I want, I want to know. Prove to me that you're a Novi Emes. He says it after he speaks with the Right, so he wasn't sure about his Nevo also. We'll see that next. But as far as what the person, or at least what the, who he thought was the person, told him, so he said, at least that, show me nice. Prove to me that this, this is really a Dvar Hashem. Thinking it was a Nabi. 
I don't know if you're doing it, right. that's, where the, that's where the service explains it. An idea of the mincha wasn't meant to be a carbon, it was meant to be used as noise, doing noise with it. Now, what happened is the malach did two things, like we saw beforehand. First, the malach touches it and causes it to go up in fire. That would have been a noise. But normally, by touching something with a stick, it doesn't make it ignite. So, that would have been a noise. But the next thing is the malach disappears. The malach has done his job, so it disappears. You got back to Shemaim. Now, getting understood from that second incident that this wasn't just a, ma- a novi who was coming to give a message, it was a malach. And that's how afterwards he was, he was uh, scared that he had seen a malach. And that's what he says, uh, Hi Hashem Alekim, because I saw a malach. If it wasn't for that, he would have thought maybe it was a novi? So it was a novi. And the novi would have done a nest and to prove he's a novi. And he'd be happy with that. Which is what he originally thought. There's another way to understand the Pazuk as well. And that is, there's two separate discussions going on, which we're going to see. The first is, in Pasuk, he's talking to Hashem. And he says, talking to Hashem. He's asking Hashem to do a sign for him that he spoke to him. In other words, not, 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 he wasn't talking to the Malach, he was talking to Hashem. And Gideon wasn't sure if he was a Navi. In other words, he heard, uh, so to speak, that he had been spoken to. But he wasn't sure it was Navi, and we find this by other Nabim also. At the beginning of their, of their career as Navim, Right, so I heard that they were being addressed because they weren't sure where it was coming from. You see, by Shmuel, for example, right, Shmuel, Terem Yishka, Behechel Hashem, and it says he heard a voice calling Shmuel, Shmuel. So he gets up and runs to Eli, Kohen Godel, and says to him, Hineni, Kikrasani, you called me, okay. And he said, I never called you. So Shmuel goes to Adan again, he hears again, Shmuel, Shmuel, and again he gets up and runs to Eli. And eventually he understands that Shmuel is hearing Hashem talk to him, not, not a person. So he says, the next time it comes, the voice comes to you. So I said, Daber Hashem Kishamei Avdecha. Right? And we see, so even though Shmuel had been hearing the Nebuah, he didn't realize it was Nebuah. He thought he was being spoken to by Eli. And the same thing over here. He didn't understand that so he had heard that he wasn't sure, maybe he didn't know what the source was. That's what he asks for. In the Sosichen Venecha, talking to Hashem, Vasisili Oish Shatom Edabirimi. That it's coming from Hashem, it's not coming from somewhere else. Is that the Nebuah? It's a very good question. That that was uh, to see in the verb Hakit. Most other Nevi'im it says that I'm right and such in the pasuk that the chalem adavid boy. That the verb comes in a dream and it's 100% true, which is a kasha. And all the times we find the verb not in a dream, such as here by Gidon, such as the case of Shmuel, which is said before, Shmuel Terem Yishka, he hadn't even gone to sleep. So. So, how do we find that there was a Muslim of Nevoah not in the dream, when normally Nevoah of other Nevim was in the dream, especially when you're talking about the beginning of a novice, career as a novice. He wasn't on his highest level yet. Right. So, the Ramam explains this. And he says that Nevoah could either come when a person is asleep, or a person was born to a state like being asleep. Like a translate said, he lost control of his sensations or of his body because, the Ramam explains, the reason why Nevoah has to come in the dream is because it's an elevated spiritual state which a person's body isn't able to contain. And therefore, if he has to come in a state where his neshama to some extent has left his body, and that's where he can connect to Nevoah, which happens when a person is sleeping, or if for some reason Hashem wants to give him a Nevoah when he's awake, then it's going, a similar thing is going to happen. And he's going to go into a state where to some extent his neshama leaves his body, which means he's not in, he's not in control, so to speak, using his body not while he's doing something, or in control of what he's doing, while he receives the book. 
we find this idea by Bilam also. That he taught, he says himself, that he got Nebuah when he was in a state of being Neufel or Gluyenayim. He fell down with his eyes still open. Which literally means he wasn't asleep, he was awake. He was but he's in a trance. It fell because he wasn't in control of his body in the state of Nebuah. And therefore we have to say the same thing by Adel Avim too. We have to say the same thing by Adel Avim too. And that is that the, the state that they got Nebuah in was a state where they weren't acting physically with their full faculties because in order to get Nebuah they had to be in a different state. So, yes, so Gideon had heard, had been spoken to, and like any novel doing it was Nebuah, he wasn't sure who was hearing. Now, it doesn't even mean he was sure what he, he thought it was a person. It could be he thought it was something spiritual, but he doesn't know if it was a shem. And if a person on a spiritual level, he can hear other things speak as well. And this is an important principle, which you're going to see later in the novel, it hasn't happened yet, but in, in Vedas, when you get to Melachim, you'll see this is a big concept. There were a lot of Throughout the times of the Melachim, throughout the times of the kings, there were people called Nevi'e Shekhe. Nevi'e Shekhe, false prophets. Mary Rabbi, Rosh is a friend of Rafa. always used to say, I've said it to you in the Shalosa before, a false prophet wasn't somebody who was an absolute charlatan that made up prophecies which he never had. Then you wouldn't call him a Nevi'e Shekhe, you just call him a Shekhe. If a person would come in and say, I had a prophecy and just dream up whatever he said which wasn't true, He's not a Novi Shekhar, he's a liar. He's never anything. A Novi Shekhar means he's a Novi of Shekhar, which means he did have a vision, but it wasn't coming from a source of Kedusha. It was coming from a source of Tumma. And therefore he was told the wrong thing. There's an, there are what we call a spiritual koichas of a negative source. Just like a Torah forbids, necromancy or any kind of oivi, or any kind of divination to try and predict the future. That because has a person doing that through a connection to some negative spiritual force, so a Navi Shekhar would do the same thing. A Navi Shekhar would be a, a Navi, in other words, he was aware of something of a spiritual nature, but it was coming from a source of Shekhar. Does he know that? Um, he's meant to know that. He doesn't know that. He's, me- I said he's meant to know that. So that's why he's a Russian. That's why he's a Russian. It could be there were people that were confused. Could be. But for sure, he's meant to know that. He's meant to know where, where, where he's holding spiritually. If what he's getting coming, what he's receiving is coming from a pure, impure source. And therefore, it wasn't that Navi Shekhar just made things up. He was relaying a message, but it was a message of Shekhar. It was a message brought from a wrong source, which therefore, which therefore could be wrong. So the, the, the idea exists, especially like I said, in a world where they were they were privy to spiritual re- revelations. So then, again, what's that? Where was in the book come from? Not that he thought it was coming from something negative, but it could have been from some other force. It could have been from a malach. How do you know from Hashem? So he asks Hashem for noise. And that's why also the expression, is normally the term, and like we find in the Torah, a novi is in relation to Hashem. And therefore, Now, that's as far as Gideon is talking to Hashem. Then what he says to the the Malach, or the, the, who he thought was a person, so he says to him, I'll not tarmish mizad boy yadecho, but it says, yismichos v'nachat lefanecho. Then telling the Malach, so I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a, a, thank you for coming to give me the message that you gave me, and if I please wait until I bring you something. And therefore, the coin just given wasn't trying to bring a cargo. He was trying to bring a gift to the Malach, who he thought had given him a good message, and that's why he could bring cooked food. But if you bring food to a person, you don't bring raw meat. That's not something which a person wants to eat. Right? And therefore, since he thought he was serving the person, who he thought was a person at least, so he brought him cooked food. 
That makes sense. That's what you bring a person. As opposed to the carbon of we never cook carbons. On the contrary, we, we shech that and we bring it straight away to the Mizbech. But Gideon wasn't trying to bring a carbon. He wasn't, he didn't have a Mizbech. He cooked the food and he brought it to the person who he thought was a person to eat, and that's how he brings it. The meat in the tray, in the bowl, the soup, I mean the meat in the tray, the soup in the bowl, that's a way a person would eat. But yet, say love, I guess you brought it to him like you bring a meal. And he served it to him. And this, the Malach now has to reveal himself. Malachim don't eat. So that's what the Malach says, to put it on the rock, and then he burns it in fire as, as the way of like, using it, so to speak, the Shemayim. And if that's the case, the, it wasn't that the Malach had to give a sign. The, the request for a sign was to Hashem, and the sign was still come. But, uh, but now the Gideon realizes that the, the, per, the entity he thought was a person and he offered them food, was really a malach, both from the fact that he burnt the food when he eat it, and also from the fact that the malach Hashem Holech Me'elov, that the malach disappeared from his vision, so he understood this wasn't the person, this was a malach. So, if that's the case, he was worried. Aha Hashem Alekim. Because I've seen a malach face to face, what was he worried about? What was he worried about? Have you seen a malach? Similar to like we said before in Bamanayach, the father of Shemshin uh, later on in the Nacht and, and Shreifin the same is going to happen and when he realizes he had, so, he had spoken to a Malach so he's also afraid just he was more afraid he thought he was going to die so what, what, what was the fear involved in seeing a Malach so answer is like this there's a certain Nukuda, we know, from the Torah already. And that is that as long as a person is in the physical world, right, let's talk on the highest level, as long as a person is in the physical world, a person can't see entities of Ruchnis. It's incompatible with being in the physical reality when a person sees physical things. Exactly. Like when Moshe asks to see Hashem, Hashem says, A person can't see me and live. Now, it doesn't mean you can see Hashem in any sense, because Hashem is not something physical. But the idea is you can't see something spiritual when you're in a physical reality. Even though a neshama, when it's detached from its physical reality, and has now gone back to a spiritual plane of existence, can't see spiritual things. But, uh, as neshamas describe, but, uh, but they can see various... Uh, Entity forces of, of type of Ram, Malachim, Shadim, whatever it's going to be, spiritual things that they can aware, they can describe, they can be aware of. Because if they they themselves are now on a spiritual plane, so they can see things in a spiritual plane. But as long as a person is in a physical body, so then through the physical medium, a person can't see non physical things. And therefore, whatever level Moshe asked to be shown, Hashem said that you can't see it when you're alive. And the implication is, and after the person dies, you can't see that. That was Moshe Rabbeinu. Here we see another Nukhuda. And that is, therefore, there was a certain understanding that a person can't see a Malach. A person can't see a Malach. A Malach is not a physical thing. And therefore, if a person feels that they were privy to seeing a Malach, at perhaps it means they're going to die. Because on the, while they're still in this world, the Malachim are here, but we can't see them. Would that mean they've already died? Not that they've already died, but they're about to die. And therefore... They, they, was, they can already see things of a nature which you can't see in this world. And that's why I found a number of times that uh, 
experience of seeing a malach who made a person afraid he was going to die. Except it doesn't have to be like that. And that's why both here and Vamanayach, neither Gil nor Manayach died after seeing a malach. Why not? And the answer is like this. If a person would see a malach as a malach, then yes, he wouldn't be able to see a malach as a malach in the physical world. It doesn't work. It does, it's not compatible with a physical person who is a spiritual malach. But, when Hashem wants, He can bring the malach down to this world to look like a person. And therefore, what the person sees is something which looks like a person. Now, it might later on be revealed and actually you saw a malach. Actually, it was a malach clothes, so to speak, in physical form, which looked like a person to you, but it was actually a malach. That doesn't mean a person is going to die, because he never saw something spiritual. He saw the malach in the sense that it looked physical. And that's the place a person could see that. And that's why you see both here by Manach and other cases also. When Malachim came, they came down with most people. They, lots. Also saw Malachim. Lots saw to be who looked like Malachim. Lot didn't die from that. Right. Sorry? Because in order to appear in this world, Hashem has to make it look like something in this world. Are you seeing the malach or are you just seeing the You're thing? seeing the malach closed in the levush of the things. You're not really seeing the malach. You're, you're seeing the levush, which the malach has been given to, to appear in. Is it special? Is it something special? Or it's just there has to be a reason for Hashem to send it? Yeah, sure, there's a reason for Hashem to send it. But I don't normally get sent down here. Is it special to be able to see a malach at school? That's uh, definitely a big schos. It doesn't happen every day. But uh, it doesn't mean that a person is going to die. It's not a sign that they've seen something which a person can't see. It's of a ruchnis nature, which is inaccessible normally to people. And that's why both by here and by Manoch, when they were afraid that they were going to die after having seen a malach, really what they both saw was something they thought was a person. It was only later on it was a malach, which means that it appeared to them as a person. It didn't appear to them as a malach. And that's why they didn't die. Because what they, even though it was a malach, but it had been put into the, so to speak, the form Hashem had given it the form of the dimension of a person that the people wouldn't realize was malachim. Right, so that, that's why Hashem answers, Vayamel Hashem Shalom, Vayamel Hashem Shalom, You're not going to die, and like we said, because he was afraid he was going to die. And Gideon's response, that as a testament to that fact, that Hashem had promised him he's not going to die, so he makes him his back, which he calls Hashem Shalom. That's the first part of the story. Now, like I said, according to the first part, that Gilom asked the, the Malach for a semen, and the whole, the whole request was a request to the Malach. If that's the case, the semen was what the Malach did. Instead of eating the food, he burnt it. According to the second part, Gilom is asking Hashem for a semen. Let's all see later on. Hashem gives him a semen. In the meantime, what happened, the, the, the Navi went and told us the story of what happened to the Malach, which Gilom wanted to refer to, and instead of eating the food, he, brought it, he burnt it up as, 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 on the, as a carbon, that was what happened to the Malach. But the uh, Ma'ath will say later on that when Gideon asked for a sign, Hashem will show him a sign that he's going to save him and Klaishra. That's the, the two sides of the story. Here also we see, in Chazal the Sath, we see the difference between the levels of different areas. The In Chazal the Sath, you see by Gideon, who was the leader of Klaishra in his time, that having realized that he had seen a malach, even though the malach looked in human form, he was going to die. Whereas when it comes to Hagar, the servant of Sarah, after she's kicked out of the house, so it says three different malachim can talk to her. And uh, the one malach comes with Sarah, where Hagar, where are you going? 
And the next Gemara comes and says, how are you going to have a sign? And the third Gemara says, how are you going to go back to Sarah? And the other comes along and says, his name is going to be Yishma. And the Chazal says, brought in Rashi, that it didn't frighten her to see Malachim. She gets into a long discussion with him. Why? Because in the house of Avram, it was a regular thing. The Malachim used to come and drop in for lunch. That we know that the Malachim used to come. They didn't eat, but they came. And they were regular to see Malachim in the house of Avram. Even Hagar, who was a servant, right, was used to it. It didn't frighten her to see Malachim. Now again, we're not talking about Malachim that appeared in the Rukhni form. No one, Mechitesi Hagar would have seen it. But the Malachim appeared in the form of people. And therefore Hagar could see them like anyone could see them. And if that's the case, having seen the Malach wasn't something which uh, alarmed her, as later on you see that when people weren't used to seeing Malach, and the fact that they realized they'd seen a Malach was something which frightened them to the extent that they thought they were going to die from it. Anyway, that's the first part of the story of Gideon's mission, where the Shem will see tomorrow with the sign of Shem Shazim.